0: like let's say you're offering a subscription program if you're not following the laws in California that say you need to like notify people before you do any recurring billing or anything like that you're leaving yourself open to civil or class action lawsuits that can really sort of cause issues for your brand so yeah. it's like one of those cases where i think the sort of ideals of web3 are sort of at odds with the harsh realities of business <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the 52nd episode of The FloorCast, the NFT podcast. I am once again your host Say Corwin, which it's an honor to be the host for the one-year anniversary of The FloorCast. I can't believe this is actually reality right now. I did not think that we'd make it past episode six. I am joined today by the one, the only, Chris K. How are you? Hey,
0: I'm good. So I thought we just recorded this and didn't do anything with it to um, fill in your days, Colin. It keeps you busy, right? Are you saying we've actually been
1: releasing this and we have real listeners? Yeah, so actually, we're number one in some countries for under tech, which is kind of crazy. Um, You wouldn't think that, but we are. Um, We have a lot of people that tune in every week to us, and they love you, Chris K.
0: Great. Well, you know, if you're listening to us in some countries, i um, delighted that we're your number one tech podcast. Yeah, how are you, Cohen? This is a big week. It's our first anniversary. We made it this long. Granted, it seems like half the hosts have been dropping like flies lately, but...
1: Yeah, I think I going to celebrate. Maybe, like, go get some cake. I don't know, maybe maybe go to Canada. I I don't know. Like I just want to go celebrate somewhere. So Why why Canada? I've never been to Canada.
0: <laughs> no, you wanna celebrate, you go to like Ibiza or something. Let's go to Ibiza and just rave on the beach all night.
1: I I'm down. Wanna hop on a flight like tomorrow night? Or Friday? Absolutely. Let's It's do a three day weekend. <laughs> Before we get on their first topic, I wanna let everyone know that it's just Chris K and I today. We are sailing the entire ship through this podcast. So, thank you for being here.
0: I know some of the community were very um, concerned about Pet. We're pleased to report that he has recovered from his man flu or whatever he had over the holidays. Um, and he just had, apparently, a more important thing going on today. Um, now, what is more important than the forecast? Who knows?
1: Yeah, Pet, unable to make it today. Uh, looking forward to seeing him next week. Now jumping into our first topic, Chris K. Uh, the DOJ goes after ruggers, so this isn't the first time this has happened, right? I believe I want to say five or six months ago they went after some serial ruggers in Los Angeles and they arrested a couple of them. I don't know what ever came from the case, but this seems like they're going after some more um, developers of Mutant Ape Planet NFTs arrested, charge of fraud and alleged two point nine million dollar rug pull. What's your thoughts on this, Chris? So, I mean, this one is maybe slightly
0: different. At least, I think, compared to the previous case you mentioned, I don't think this was sort of an intentional sort of rug necessarily. I think it's, at least reading um, the reporting, it seems more to be just a project that went off the rails. Um, from the sounds of it, um, the dev team sort of promised rewards, raffles, um, support uh, from the community wallet. Um, there was maybe a few promises about land in some distant metaverse and they just didn't deliver on that. So like, you know, this feels more like a failed Kickstarter than sort of an actual rug pull. In fact, the developer or sort of the project, um, owner, whatever he is says, you know, we never intended to rug, but the community was way too toxic. And, uh, that seems to be what sort of prompted them to get out. It's really interesting to see the U.S. taking action. Um, so this guy was, he's a French citizen who was actually arrested after he landed in JFK. So not even an American citizen. So you've got to sort of question sort of jurisdiction to some extent here. But the fact that sort of the IRS um, is sort of actively looking at this is sort of interesting. Generally, I think it's a positive thing. Like we've heard so many rug polls in the past year or two um, you know, this is a very unregulated sort of industry, but it seems like, you know, it's starting to grow up and you're starting to get sort of guardrails in place to protect end users. What do you think, Colin?
1: I'm curious how is this going to play out? I wonder if it's like wire fraud or it's like, I don't know, like duping investors. Like, I don't know what, I need to read the article. I don't know what the DOJ is specifically going after or what charges they think they, they have. But I am curious because you, you've you done a lot of Mint sites in the past for a lot of clients from your company, Mason. If you have a Mint and you have signatures on it, so you can't make from contract, they're only allowed to mint from your website and they have to agree to terms of services by doing a check mark agreeing in terms of services, you block all the IPs that are from... What's that one? What's that one? OFAC. Uh, so you can't... They can only be US or anything not in OFAC, right? Can you set terms and conditions like, hey, if this doesn't work out, like we're not responsible or we're not liable? Or does that not work because people are trading it on a secondary market and they don't know about those terms, et cetera, et cetera?
0: I I think it's all a legal gray area. You know, as someone who does a lot of NFT mints, obviously, you know, we do our own vetting of projects that's mostly successful. Um, and we try and sort of find creators that are actually sort of passionate about whatever it is they're doing. You know, they have, um, you know, a plan to execute. We think they have the ability to execute. And, you know, it's not just that they're taking money for some artwork that never gets revealed or anything like that. But legally, this is sort of a massively untested area. A lot of our clients do have terms of sale. Um, if you look at um, the recent Donald Trump raffle um, uh, drop as well, like they were sort of very um, hot on the terms of sale um, and very sort of thorough in terms of everything they're going. Like there's, there's definitely people in this industry who are looking at sort of laws in different jurisdictions with sweepstakes, raffles, um, and they at least try to cover their ass legally. Now it kind of breaks down a bit because you don't quite know where the minters are coming from. And what jurisdiction they fall under unless they're KYCing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get people doing it, but whether it stands up in court, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like f- in this case specifically, um, they're being sort of prosecuted for making false representations to investors, um, with giveaways and staking features and their merchandise collection. So I feel like this one could kind of be one of those ones where it's like, is it a security? Is it not a security? Like there's lots of different sort of laws that could fall afoul. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a while. I think you're going to see tests like this case play out in court. And you know, then I think you'll get a better um, idea as a project um, creator as to what you can and can't do and what steps you need to take.
1: I think we see this a lot with major brands now, right? Like Starbucks Odyssey, US only. I think McDonald's did a launch, what, a year ago? I think the first time I met you, uh, Chris K, NFT NYC, I think McDonald's like launched like an NFT that week. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was McDonald's and it was US only. And I remember everyone on Twitter was like complaining about it being like, this is so dumb. Like you can't do this. Like like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I wonder if, a, I, and I don't know much about Adidas or Nike's drops. Um, I think they're worldwide, but I could be completely wrong on that. I need to do some research, but I wonder if a lot more brands are just going to be US only, terms of sales, XYZ. It's going to be interesting to see.
0: I thought either Adidas or Nike, um or as Pet would say, Adidas or Nike. Um, I thought they recently had a lot of hoo-ha because they did a merch drop that was only available to U.S. token holders. Um, That's great. You know, like, that is, unfortunately, the way our sort of system of commerce works. Uh, you have companies that are based in specific jurisdictions. You have sanctions that prevent them from doing business with certain countries like Russia, North Korea, Syria, Iran. You have this sort of general operational complexities of producing and shipping goods around the world, and then you have the legal side of things. Um, like a lot of these brands are sort of very cautious because you know if you don't do things right, like let's say you're offering a subscription program, if you're not sort of following sort of the laws in California that say you need to like notify people before you do any recurring billing or anything like that. You're leaving yourself open to maybe not criminal prosecution, but either civil or class action lawsuits that can really sort of, um, cause issues for your brand. So yeah. it's like one of those cases where I think the sort of ideals of web three are sort of, you know, at odds with the harsh realities of business. Um, and I don't see a good sort of middle ground there. You either need to be on the Web3 side and be like, okay, we're going to be open, we're going to do our best to accommodate the world. And even then, you're going to run into sort of challenges, or you're going to be on the cautious side where it's like, okay, well, we're a US company, we're going to be targeting a US audience. You know, obviously, we can't prevent people in other countries from buying our tokens. But, you know, look at the terms, look at the small print, the benefits are generally only available if you meet the criteria, which is you live in the United States.
1: Yeah. And there's probably going to be more checks for that. I mean, think about the ICO phase back in 2016, 2017. A lot of these ICO companies started having like, oh, submit your passport or send a picture of you so we could verify that you live in this country before you buy. Um, and I know Dapper's doing that now too. I, went, I logged into my Dapper account the other day and it's like, hey, if you want to continue using Dapper, you need to send us a picture of your driver's license and we're going to scan your entire face. Um,
0: cool. So now uh, your account name is McLovin? Yeah. How do you know?
1: Just a guess. Wild guess. Okay. Good good, wild guess. All right. Jumping into our second topic here. Early Facebook investor and proof CEO Kevin Rose signs with Hollywood's UTA. So I'm guessing UTA is much like CNA, where it's like a talent agency that basically books you a bunch of deals, which could be either from acting or voiceovers or whatever it may be. I think this is a good sign for proof. I, I don't think it's a terrible sign, but also I don't think it's like a more bullish sign. There's a lot of projects that have already done this already. Um, I know creeps has signed with one of the major agencies, uh, Adam bomb squad, Bobby hundreds, I think recently signed with CA as well. But I think it's really great to see that, um, all these web three brands are really signing with, uh, big talent agencies. Um, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I just think that it's going to take more time for this to develop, um, for these brands, like, develop more globally for these brands.
0: Do you know if this is Kevin Rose signing on behalf of Proof, or Kevin Rose signing on behalf of himself? Like, you know, does he really just want to do sort of action movies and Ozempic commercials?
1: That, that's a really good question. Uh, so, Kevin's tweet says, today we're excited to announce that Proof has signed with United Talent. So, I guess it's not Kevin Rose. It is uh, Proof that signed. And they're going to be focused on building partnerships for Moonbirds. So, the word moonbirds has been mentioned multiple times in this tweet, it looks like, rather than proof, even though they tagged proof in my announcement. So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe they're making like, this could be something cool. Maybe it's going to be like a moonbirds TV show or a moonbirds book or I don't know, a moonbirds commercial. But yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's a good direction overall. I don't think it makes me more bullish right away, but I think like 10 years out, I think this is a long term play, right? Like, like, what Gary Vee is doing with Vee Friends, he wants to create a global, like, brand for, like, characters, like, kind of like how Pokemon is or other children's shows, right?
0: Yeah, I, and there's definitely a lot of people out there who are sort of eyeing up sort of NFT projects as the next sort of hot entertainment IP. I have a hard time thinking that kids will watch sort of a Bored Ape TV show or anything like that, but I think there are specific ones like Doodles, like Moonbird's, That could translate well into sort of an animated format.
1: Do kids still watch TV?
0: Uh, I mean, I assume so. I think they just watch it via YouTube, right? Like the parents sort of give them an iPad and then see them in five years.
1: Yeah, but when the parents give them an iPad, I think they're just watching like other kids doing toy reviews and stuff. I don't know if they're actually watching TV shows, right? Are they? I I don't know. know. Cohen.
0: do do your kids um, watch TV? So my son
1: actually only has an iPad, Is
0: that the main son or the one in the secret family up in Canada?
1: you got to stop talking about my secret family in Canada.
0: Oh, uh, sorry. Um, uh, Someone cut this out.
1: (laughs) I do have a secret family in Canada, in Toronto. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, so that's actually... uh, I'm just thinking about that more and more. It's like... I'm assuming, yeah, kids probably... I'm sure like 90% of the world still watches TV. Like, how many kids actually have iPads? I don't know. I know it's like a meme, but... I, I
0: think more than you actually think, because like... Right now, it seems to be the go-to thing to shut the kid up. Um, you know, you take the child out to the, to a restaurant, they're like, causing a bit of a ruckus, put an iPad or phone in front of them, they immediately go all sedate, calm, and sort of focused. So I, I think they're definitely watching stuff. I think just where they're watching it and how they're consuming it is maybe a bit different. Yeah, But yeah, I think the big thing in kids right now is like Peppa Pig and, um, oh, I forget. Um, the baby shark? The, or, no, is I've not seen her, the or is that
1: just the baby shark? that maybe the baby shark's just a song? Is that an actual show? I don't know.
0: How does the song go? Let's sing it.
1: Baby shark doo 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 doo. Moving off, The next topic is actually your topic, Chris. Open editions. So, it seems like a lot of big artists have started doing open editions where They're like dropping it on what? Manifold and these other websites, uh, and maybe Nifty Gateway where anyone could just, uh, anyone could just submit and there's like no time. The only time limit is like two days, but it's also not like, uh, I don't think it sells out, correct?
0: Yeah. I've been seeing this a lot. Um, you're right. Like it's typically, um, sort of using some of the platforms like Nifty Gateway, like Zora, you know, the folks that will sort of just let you easily, um, Put up a mint site. Obviously, you know, you have limitations around like the rules of sale and stuff like that, but you know, you can quickly get some art out there, distribute a link and people can mint it. Um, but yeah, there's some big artists I've noticed doing it recently. X copy did something, Brandon Scott, I think fuck render as well. And, you know, all of these are sort of like either claims that are free, um, or there's sort a of very low price. Um, I, Claimed a few. I minted a few um, last night for like probably about ten bucks each or something like that. And yeah, you know, th- this is different from what artists have typically been doing, where they've either sort of sold one of ones for like a ton of ETH, or they've sold sort of editions um, or sort of collections with a preset supply for maybe a bit of a higher price. As Colin said, these are usually um, you know you have like twenty four hours to claim this thing, or maybe. Um, some other constraint obviously there's a limit on the number of claims per wallet so i can't just go in and sort of claim a thousand of them but no it's just really interesting how artists especially sort of popular ones are jumping on that and i'm wondering why that's the case you know i i think it's a great way to sort of give um the artists just a wider exposure bring in a larger collector base um especially by sort of lowering the price i assume they're sort of Still making a bit from like secondary uh, revenue because, you know, if you miss uh, the time window for the mint and you're into that artist, you're probably going to go off to secondary and start uh, picking them up. So, very interesting to see what, where the sort of long term value in that is. But yeah, it's just a fascinating trend. I'm curious if you've seen any of these, Corwin, um, and generally, so what your thoughts are and how this jives from, you know, how people have traditionally been selling NFT art.
1: Yeah, so um, I've actually seen this happen before. Uh, I can't remember the artist's name, but Where My bands Go, he's one of, like, the most popular, NFT. he was, like, one of the most popular, like, artists in the space, at least, like, during the bull run. I'm sure he still is. I just can't recall his name for some reason. Uh, But he did an open edition. I think he sold it, like, 0.5 or 0.3. I can't remember. It might have been 0.1. But he sold, like, Thousands of copies. I I think he might have been over. Actually, let me pull it up on OpenSea really quick. But I I think it's great, like you said, to get more exposure. And I've actually, it's it's funny because I I minted one of these open editions for free the other day. Uh, His name's Drifter Shoots. The collection name is First Day Out by Drifter Shoots. And he actually minted more than 10,000 for a collection. It was an open edition. And there's 10,350 that got minted. Uh, it says right here, first day out is an open edition collection by Drifter Shoots, released on the one-year anniversary of his day out of jail. This was released last year, April 2022. So things like this have been going on for a while, um, and I, I think it's also pretty cool to see new artists doing it because it gives people like you have on the list your X copy did one of these, um, and some of these. Oh, he sold it for 0.2E. So it, I think it's cool because like I can never afford a piece of X copy art or, or any of these other artists that you listed here. But if I can get one on an open edition, even though it may not be, even though it may not turn out to be worth a lot in the future, I still like the artist and it's something I want to collect. Um, I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like it feels like a shift back towards um, art, which is probably what got a lot of people in here um, in this space to begin with. Okay. You know, I, I think the accessibility of them is definitely um, appealing. And it's like, okay, well, you know, this is maybe the right price point for some of these things, um, mm-hmm. especially if there's sort of things that you might be using as like a PFP or sort of digital identity versus, you know, hanging on a wall and treating like fine art. Um, so, yeah, just really interesting to see this sort of new dynamic sort of come into play.
1: Yeah, always changing,
0: right? Exactly.
1: All righty. Well, we're at the half of our show. Um, we are a community-led podcast, by the Floor NFT app community. If you don't know what Floor is, it's your very own NFT portfolio in your pocket, an app that aggregates all your NFTs into one amazing interface, showing price movements, latest sales, and so much more. The latest from Floor, I think, is Chris Matter, the CEO, tweeted out yesterday that there is an announcement coming on January 26th, I believe. So make sure you have your notifications on for your Twitter. It might be something pretty cool coming out.
0: Ooh, this is, um, interesting. Any more alpha? Any hints?
1: No hints. I can't, can't say. I really can't say or else I wouldn't have a job anymore. So we're just gonna leave it at that. It's something awesome coming. Um, into our next topic, Game of Thrones. What is going on here, Chris K? What is this? Is this a new Kevin? He, he reminds me of Kevin, though I will
0: preface all of this by saying, um, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so, you know, I don't know if they're meant to look like this or not. But in terms of what's happened, so, um, through Nifty Gateway, they released their official NFT collection that seems to be sort of a play to earn, sort of customizable game type dynamic. Um, or at least that's what the collection appears to be themed over. Um, they've revealed some of the artwork and there's some delightful little avatar chappies. Looking like sort of knights and sort of elves and sort of wizards or whatever you have in Game of Thrones, but they a look a bit weird and they look even weirder because they have like giant sort of hands. Like, have you seen the show, Colwyn? Is this like uh, their version of like the goblins from Lord of the Rings, or uh, is this bad art?
1: I'm gonna get so much slack for this, but I've like only seen like two episodes. Never watched the oh. show. I like, I want to go and watch it. It seems like a cool thing, but I just been, you know, um, you know, I just, it's hard for me to sit down and watch movies, TV, anything unless I go to like a movie theater. I just, my brain's always running on
0: 50 other you things. Per have got a TikTok minute. attention span. I, I think is how to phrase it.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it is. How'd you know, Chris? Uh, just, just a guess. Yeah. Now I, I'm curious if your favorite show, uh, Mythic Quest is going to start coming out with NFTs with big hands now.
0: Well, have you seen the latest season? They've been uh, really sort of going down on NFTs. Really? Absolutely. Um, Though I think now they've turned it around because they're monetizing them. But no, it it is the best comedy show on TV and it hits so close to home. It it is great. But yeah, back to Game of Thrones. So yeah, so the artwork is weird. I see quotes from various people. So um, the founder of... Treeverse, Loopify, called the collection the worst thing I've ever seen, Um, sharing a picture of one particularly wonky-handed avatar. One person said, um, it is just like the last season of the show, no creative vision and terrible. Brian Brinkman uh, said, got NFTs over here looking like salad fingers.
1: (laughs) I'm actually... So I'm curious. We're both the worst people to even answer this question, but is Game of Thrones owned by HBO? Is it owned by the author of the book? Was it a book before? Uh, and who released these NFTs? Who approved this? Did HBO approve this? Did the author approve this?
0: So here's what I know. Game of Thrones is based on a series of books written by George R.R. R. Martin that was licensed by HBO to make a series. However, they diverge because The author insists on making each book like a million pages and hasn't finished all of the books yet. And I think like Game of Thrones fans of the books are worried that he's going to die before he ever gets there. But ignoring Mm -hmm. that, I think these come from HBO who sort of own that sort of licensable IP. So it's kind of like the typical sort of film TV tie in collection. Someone's got a license. Someone's trying to sell it. I, I don't think the intent with this is to change the world or anything else. In fact, I'm not even sure what the sort of full roadmap for this collection is, if there is anything. I think it's likely sort of primarily just trying to cash in on the fandom. But that said, like, okay, this isn't going to be Picasso style art, but anyone creating the artwork must have realized that everyone's hands look fucked up.
1: But it's not even the person who created it, it's also the person who, it's also the people that approved and released this. Yeah, well, there's a long chain.
0: The person who created it, the person who signed off on that, the person who signed off on that, the poor guy who was uploading them to IPFS and (laughs) uh, updated the metadata.
1: Wait, are they using IPFS? There's so many
0: places where someone should have said, hang on a second, these hands look a bit odd. Like, at least with sort of the Kevin um, monster things, like, it wasn't sort of known IP, you know, you may have thought it looks crap, but... You know, you can't really say it's not meant to look like that. Whereas these are sort of blatantly weird. Like this one, the, the axe is isn't even in the guy's hand. It's like floating next to it in mid-air. What is
1: going on here? Hold on, I'm going to the contract really quick.
0: We're going to get some listener feedback uh, telling us, no, you idiots, this is what they do in Game of
1: Thrones. I know, maybe it is. Okay, so, oh, wow, I love their, uh, on their contract, they use like the... The, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that text where you can write on it. ASCII art? Yes, ASCII art. I didn't want to say it because I didn't know if that was the right way. Oh, okay. So it says Nifty ERC 721A, so I guess Nifty Gateway, right? Yeah, Probably it's just contract. the
0: yeah. default They're contract. Default, yeah. Yeah. Again, sort of hints at lack of roadmap and just sort of, hey, let's make money.
1: Let me read the contract address or the token area right here. So I'm going to enter like 1, two, three. What are they using? I can't even get a token URI. What? Hold on. Let me, maybe they have an obscure one. No, they don't.
0: Listeners, you are watching us hack the contract in real time.
1: Okay, I got it. Oh, okay. So I guess if you do things on Nifty Gateway, they also, they use their, their API to use the token URI. So I don't even know if it's IPFS. It might just be like AWS on Nifty's thing. So that means someone just uploaded it to Nifty Gateway, I'm guessing. Interesting. Yeah. Like I, I, just like maybe that's how their hands are. Maybe we're the idiots. That's right. I mean, I'm not saying that they're idiots, but maybe we're just idiots who are like, this looks bad, but it's actually part of the show. You I
0: know? mean, it would make sense. Like, how expensive was that show to make? Like, if you're CGIing like giant hands on everyone, that's gonna add up. Like, that could be where all the budget went.
1: Maybe because a lot of the rest of the ones look normal with their hands, so it might just be like a. Maybe it's, like, a meme or something to do with the show. Yeah, there's,
0: like, a few normal ones. There's, like, a horse in one of them, a wolf. A guy in the library. Yeah. Like, they don't look the best. Like, they look like, sort of, Assassin's Creed-style video game characters.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm confused. Is there a roadmap for this? I
0: don't think so. Let's have a look. Um... As you can tell the show is very well researched.
1: Um the description says Nifty's, Das 3D, HBO and Warner Bros. Discovery Global Consumer Products presents Game of Thrones Build Your Realm Avatars. Maybe this is going to be a game. Yeah, so if you look on their
0: website they've got the characters but then you've got like boxes of cards that you can get. So I think uh, like uh, the intent is maybe to build a game or at least sort of have the cards. Like I don't think they've got any sort of thing where you can, like...
1: I wonder why they're using, like, Nifty Gateway instead of using, like, you at Mason, you know?
0: I think it's probably just a biz dev thing. If you're a big brand, you probably want to go with sort of an OpenSea or Nifty for your
1: minting. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Also, I wonder why they wouldn't go with OpenSea. I wonder why they chose... Maybe because Nifty out of the box is like, hey, like, we have... I don't know. Interesting.
0: I mean, it's probably the same reason that um, D-Gods went to Polygon.
1: By the way, the artists that made these were not clowning on you. We just think the hands look funny, and it's probably part of the show, and we're probably just it. Okay, uh,
0: uh, no, we're clowning on you. Like, what? What self-respecting artist drops this? Um, <laughs> I am curious, though, Cohen. Like, Stop. moving on from Game of Thrones, um, can you think of any like Hollywood IP that has made the transition to NFT?
1: Well, oh, that's a good question. Has there been any? Ooh. Like nothing
0: really comes to mind. Like they, they all seem like soulless cash grabs. Um,
1: Was that a, was that a knee for soul? No, but um, it it could be. I felt like the Walking Dead did like one, right? Did they do a collection? I can't remember. I don't know. So
0: I know Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. They've been releasing collectibles in the Vivo app. So you, you buy it with Apple Pay. A lot of them are like AR things that you can drop in the real world and view on your phone.
1: But I don't believe that those are NFTs though, right? You can't take I them off the I think they technically
0: app. are, but you can't take them off. They're in a custodial wallet somewhere that you can't touch.
1: So I just scrolled through like the top 100 projects of all time and none of these are on OpenSea and none of these are any brands from outside Web 3.0 that I can tell. Or not brands, but TV shows. Yeah, none of these are none of these have like any TV. Oh, you know, Nickelodeon did one with Hank Arnold. Hello Kitty did one. But you're right, yeah, did any of them go mainstream? No. So how if
0: you were in charge of let's say Star Wars, how would you make a killer NFT collection?
1: What I would do is I would partner with EA. On one of their current Star Wars games, and release digital collectibles in game that can work. That's what I would do. And the only reason why I would go that route is because I feel like going these other routes it could definitely tarnish like a brand's name if you don't execute it quite well. However, if there's any existing publisher that owns some of the IP that you can work with and create collectible tradables, et cetera, et cetera, I think that would be my 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 first route. What about you? Loot boxes. Got it. Um, It doesn't have to be loot boxes. They can buy skins or something. I don't know.
0: know. So, like, Star Wars, if I'm a fan, what would I want out of that? I I can see a PFP market for a lot of these things. Um, And I think, like, you've got enough characters in that universe that you would see a lot of interest. But I don't think it would be, like, a typical rarity-based collection. Like, I don't think that really matters. Like, if you're a crazy person who really likes Emperor Palpatine, like, you're going to buy Palpatine and you're not going to care about anyone else. You know, you may be able to sort of collect sub-collections. Like, Why you know, do
1: I feel like you're throwing jabs at somebody right now? No reason. But like, okay, let's
0: say I want to sort of own the entire dark side. Maybe sort of, you know, there's benefits of doing that. Like, I think you can do some sort of mechanics around that. But you've also got to remember, like, your audience is probably sort of ranging from, like, 12 years old to sort of, 90-year-old, you can't be too locked into, like, a game or something. You don't want to be, sort of, charging stupid prices for these assets. You know, you need to think about how you can make it accessible, how you can make it sticky and appealing for all ages.
1: Yeah. Moving on to our last topic, my favorite of all, Chris Kay, there is a rumor going around, allegedly rumor, not true, probably not true, but sl- there is a rumor that... Google buys 2.8 million sol at $10. Google is now the 13th largest wallet holder of Solana. Like I said, this is not confirmed. I can't find any actual like news website that's reporting on it. So I don't know if this is true, but that would be interesting if Google did buy it, because why?
0: where did it, Where is this coming from? You, you can't find it on any actual news website. No, um, I just
1: see it all over Twitter. Everyone's just talking about it on Twitter. like so I know
0: Google had a partnership with Solana towards the end of last year. Um, I think they said they were working with the Solana phone team, and they were also um building technologies into Google Cloud and their sort of yeah. blockchain engine. To function as like a solana network node and validator though i thought that might have been shut down recently after like a grand total of like two months so
1: no i I heard right after they acquired it or whatever or announced it, they like shut it down as well uh so it it honestly leaves it killed by google.com right yeah let me go to it really quick but apparently they shut it down i don't know i can't trust google with anything like look what happened to stadia Look what happened to Google+, Plus. look what happened to YouTube Originals, look what happened to Google Hangouts, look what happened to Google Surveys.
0: And Google is just an enigma to me. Like, some things certainly deserve to die. Um,
1: they certainly deserve
0: to die. No, like, seriously, um, Google+, Plus was terrible. No one asked for it. But then they have actually good things like Stadia that they just don't know how to turn into a product and how to sell and sort of how to do it. Like the tech was great. It was a bit weird that they had you pay a membership and then full price for games on top of that. But you know, I, I was a Stadia user. I thought it was sort of really good, really useful um to be able to sort of just be able to play on my TV, my computer, my phone, not worry about any of the hardware like it was amazing, but they failed to get the publishers on board. They failed to really sort of present a, co- a compelling case as to why people should buy it and why people should develop games for it. It's, yeah, it's fascinating to sort of see the things they bought and shut down over the years. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an acquisition that actually sort of went well and like the only one I can think of really is like Google Docs uh, right now. Did they buy Waze? Did they buy? Yeah, they did buy ways, but they seem to have just left it um, as is. So that's good. <laughs> I lost it. Going back to Solana, I see a few pieces that say that they bought 2.8 million Solana at $10 a soul.
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if it's true. I'm just like, I can't find the end. Like you, like, you think the block or like Coindesk would have reported on this already, right?
0: Yeah, you'd think so. Like, I will say, like, given the current state of Solana, if you wanted to pick up a blockchain for cheap, it's probably the one to sort of look at. I'm just not sure what you can do with it. And especially for Google, I'm not sure where it sort of fits into their product offerings in a way that sort of makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's it's a great question. And also, like, Google's not going to go and spend two, three, three billion dollars, right? Who else would? I wouldn't rule it out.
0: I think it's just you need to do a lot of diligence before you spend that much money.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait. What company would spend $3 billion besides Google?
0: Um, who could buy the, that for 3000000000 Like billion? You've got the Amazons, the Metas, the Apples of the world. Um, I'm not so saying modern. any of those. This would be a good business decision, but you know that's at the scale of company that would, would be doing that.
1: So it looks like Solana is up like 15% this week. Seven-day chart, yeah. It was yeah. trading at it was trading at like ten and outs at fifteen, so or sixteen.
0: Oh, I know who would be a good buyer for Solana, Salesforce, and then we have the um, Salesforce
1: Business Blockchain Cloud, <laughs> or may- or maybe Ticketmaster. <laughs> I feel like it's just I feel like with three billion dollars, it's cheaper to just make your own blockchain.
0: I would agree. Like even if you just like fork Ethereum, you know I think that's the way to go. And like Solana, while you know technology wise. They've done some good things. I think they really lose out by not being EVM compatible. A lot of developers in this space are coming from like full stack JavaScript sort of backgrounds. Yeah. And having to sort of do a language like Rust, while and all the Rust fans will argue it's technically superior and I don't disagree, I think it just has a much steeper learning curve. Yeah. And it's just harder to sort of get going.
1: Agreed. All right. Well, that looks like that is it for the our show. Um, thank you, everyone, for making it to the end. You can find Chris K. at...
0: You can find me at Chris K. on Farcaster or madewithmason.com. And I'm also hanging around the Floor Discord. Um,
1: awesome. You can find me at 0 on Twitter, or you could find Floor at at Floor on Twitter also floornfts.io nfts.io is our website or discord.gg slash floor come chat with us we love chatting in the forecast channel on the disc thank you all again for listening to our one year episode where it was hosted by yours truly along with chris k thank you